Night gathers, and now my rewatch begins. Welcome to Oysters, Clams, and Cockles, the number one Game of Thrones podcast in the realm for people who party like Tyrion and slay like Daenerys, brought to you by Grand X Media. I'm Ross Bolin, here at the Grand X Media Studios in Austin, Texas, with Barrett Dudley. Merry Christmas to the Clam fam. And Veronica Rock. I would like to say that I reminded you it was Christmas for the Clam fam moments ago. Okay, uh, okay. And I just, I'm just feel like look, you stole my Merry wish, Christmas. We can all wish the Clam fam Merry Christmas. It can't, and we it, do. We do. We do. And the Wiccans. Do you want to start over so that you get the Merry Christmas? <laughs> you can have the Merry Christmas. <laughs> what What do you wish the Wiccan community? What do they celebrate? Like Witching Day? Happy, Happy Witching Wic- Day. Happy Maybe Witching? Halloween? Probably big for them. Hope you had I, a, they call it All Hallows Eve. Probably. Yeah. Hope you had a good All Hallows Eve Wiccan community. <laughs> you know? I feel bad for people who haven't heard cel- the episode where we upset the Wiccans and have no idea what we're talking about. <laughs> they right celebrate now. that. They celebrate uh, Wicker Man Day, where Dude. they put a, a basket Man. of bees on a guy, on a guy's head. <laughs> the bees. <laughs> Dio, Dio de los Muertos. Aren't they like? Aren't isn't Wiccan? Are Wiccans pagan? Are pagans different? Different. Different. Okay. Same, but different. Okay. Yeah. I right. think mostly just different. We're offending them again. They worship Nicolas Cage. <laughs> That's, that's the pagans. That's the pagans. The pagans, <laughs> not yeah. the Wiccans. Yeah. Uh, if you haven't already, another reminder to subscribe to our new podcast channel, Grand X Labs, where we're uh, eventually going to release the long-awaited Barrett Dudley-hosted Zach Efron-focused podcast, mm. Effing Around. People are talking. People are talking. The Effies. The Effies and the Effers. They're out in force. Yeah. Also, the Ross Bolin podcast is available on Grand X Labs right now. So subscribe to Grand X Labs. Leave Grand X Labs a rating and review if you would. This is the night's rewatch. We're doing a podcast for every episode of Game of Thrones, starting with season one, episode one, leading up to the final season of our favorite show so we can all be as prepared as possible. If you hear a loud banging, it's because there's someone... What is that? I don't know. There's Something's very, going like, on, though. sumo wrestlers. There's a man in the ceiling. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. It's the uh, the feats of strength. I don't happening. think That's they what, yeah. can. Yeah. The Festivus feats of strength Festi- above us. Yeah. I don't they think must they be can celebrating Festivus up there. Oh, for the rest of us. Mm-hmm. Mm. Take the black. Join us. Tell your friends, your family over the break. Recruit. You're on break right now, probably listening to. Yeah, this. you are certainly, on, and you're going to see a lot of family probably today. You might be Unless sitting in a family room with your headphones on, ignoring your ignoring, aunt. yeah, ignoring somebody. Just look up for a brief moment yes. and let them know. Just yell. Be like, "Hey, sup, clam sup, fam, sup, sup," and then be like, "I'm listening to Oysters, Clams, and Cockles, a Game of Thrones podcast." We're catching up on every single episode ever, getting super knowledgeable. They have pop culture references like yes, they uh, talk about Yo Mama, Yo Mama World from of Valderrama. If you listen, you get the cash monies. <laughs> yeah. Your yeah. family probably wants in on the cash monies. They want the cash monies. <laughs> Follow us on Instagram at Oysters, Clams, Cockles, and on Twitter at Clams and Cockles. Like us on Facebook.com slash Oysters, Clams, Cockles. I'm Ross. You can follow me everywhere at WR Bolin. Barrett, where can you be followed? 
uh, you can follow me at Barrett Dudley on all of the social media platforms. What about you, Veronica? At uh, Veronica Ruck, R-U-C-K-H on Twitter and Instagram, BM Ruck on Snapchat. Righteous. 866-43-CLAMS is our hotline number. You can call, ask us a question, give us a theory, leave us a take, uh, or make a clam fam correction if we mess something up. There are not going to be any calls this week because we're having to record early before we get out of here for the holidays so that you guys will have an episode next week. Rather than complaining, you should just say thank you. Yeah, say that's thank you. it's actually super nice of us. We're, we're putting very, in twice we were in the as much holiday work. spirit, yeah. you know. We're double time in here. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's called doubling down. We can have extra clam fam corrections in a couple weeks. As another holiday gift to you, we're going to go ahead and announce something. During the season finale of season 2, which will obviously be, you know, at the beginning of 2018 somewhere. What is this? We're on episode 6. Next week is 7. Uh for for episode 10, we're going to have a segment called The Roast of Joffrey Baratheon, where all we do is rip into Joffrey. Because as you know, he's insufferable. This was maybe... He is, you cannot suffer him. The episode we are about <laughs> to talk about... You can't. ...is his worst to date, I guess. His best worst. The last one was pretty... This is... This one's... The rock, no, the I mean, thing was in, in a different pretty way. bad. Yeah, sure. This is this oh, is a little him, bitch like, worse. His, like, yeah, oh it's like God. sniveling worse. Kill them yeah. all, dude. What? You know where he's just Bro. like where you just kind of yeah. Well, we'll get into it. Yeah, yeah. All right, let's get into it. The old gods and the new is the name of this episode. Um, wh- why it is named that? Do we? Do we I don't know. I did not see. I don't much rem- of a reason. I don't remember a reference to the old gods and the new. There's nope. plenty in other episodes. Unless I'm forgetting something. Anyway, it was written by our girl, Vanessa Taylor, and directed by one David Nutter. Yeah, I, I, the old gods and the new. I'm trying to think. that We hear a bunch of the new gods listed off when uh, the Septon sends Marcella mm. off to sea. Yes. When he's, pr- he's blessing her. And may the crone give her something. And may the mother mm-hmm. give her mercy. Okay. Yes. All those. That was... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly what he sounded like. No one's <laughs> listening to him. He's just there. <laughs> yeah. uh, but the old gods, I I don't know. Maybe I don't. I'm, I don't know. Just a reference to I'm Winterfell sure we'll in the north. Correction about it. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Looking forward to it. Yeah. This one starts off in Winterfell with Maester Lewin, like rushing to fire off a raven before the Iron Islanders get to him. They hey, have... y- hey, yo! Is he looking dead in the face of a three-eyed raven? Is he? Is this raven? Does this raven not have three eyes? The very first one on screen. I don't think oh, so. Oh, I don't. I didn't notice. It might have. No way. No way. I, I. I didn't pause or go back for a screen grab just because I wanted to bring it up. I didn't want a confirmation either way. What? But I feel like this raven that's like squawking at him, looking right at him, has three eyes. I kind of always got the impression that the nobody else could really see the three-eyed ravens, or that they're only. I don't know. Hmm. Dude, surely that's a thing somebody would have brought up over the years. Like, hey, there's a three-eyed raven in this scene that Mr. Lewin freaking Yeah, maybe sees. I just imagined it. Every raven just has three <laughs> eyes to you now. <laughs> but yeah, he gets the, he fires this raven off. He gets it off before they, uh, before they get him. And from there, Theon is... He, okay, worse in this episode, Theon or Joffrey? Ooh. Oh, well, Theon. Okay. For di- yeah, for different. Actually, he's kind of a little bitch boy too. Oh, I mean, they're both bitch boys. Yeah. yeah. No, they're they're both bitch boys. 
but Theon might be worse. But Theon is the is the the bitchiest bitch the bigger boy? villain. Yeah, his slide. Well, that's why I'm saying he's worse as a villain, right. but he's not as bad not as, as a bitch. Boy. Yeah, not as a big of a bitch boy. But no. he is still a bitch boy. Still a bitch boy. So he's, he starts off his bitchiness in this episode by like kicking in Bran's door, waking him up, and like yelling shit like, I took your castle. Yeah, this is a. And this, that was kind of funny to me. Bran's just chilling there he's and like, he's like, okay. okay. He's like, no, I took it. It's mine now. And he's like, it's like tight. Good for you, dude. I can't walk. It's a. This is a. This was a weird scene, and I thought, I. I guess I. I guess it was appropriately awkward because yeah. this would be a really weird thing. Yeah. Yes. Like no, for sure. Last time I saw you, you were basically my brother. Yeah. And now now you're suddenly you're here, like with this invading. You know, fake sense fake of pirates. Yeah, fake sense, and and you know, you got all this like you're like the, trying to be this swaggering leader right now yeah. and you're like t- i don't know it's just super it was i guess maybe i thought that brand should have been a little bit like fuck you more pissed off and like what what do you like what i feel like he just woke up yeah you know also it's just it's so surreal to him i think yeah that, yeah and it it's hard to exp- like all right when you watch this scene you're like why is theon being even douchier than necessary mm-hmm. and i it's just, he's spiraling so hard that he's kind of lost control. He like this whole scene in Winterfell yeah. with him, he's completely out of control. Well, like he, yeah. he cannot get a grip on uh-uh. he slid complete as uh as Roderick says, like he's completely lost. Yeah. 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 And this is and that and I think that's why everybody is kind of reacting the way they are, is because like they can't believe this. It's crazy. Like, it's, it's what cra- he has yeah. done is a crazy yeah like crazy what, like thing. what like what are you doing yeah dude like not only this is, is not it super messed up to come and why? do what he's done There's but no also reason. it's not sustainable right he's got like 12 guys with him <laughs> and he's taken a hold fast that is there's not very many people in winterfell anyway right like we never see that many people on no. screen here it's no. like 20 30 people maybe max yeah, yeah. anyway uh like you said bran is kind of like what and he ends this asking him, Theon, did did you hate us the whole time? Right. Like, what's right. what's what's your deal here? Like, right. what? The f- and obviously, Bran has no idea what Theon has been doing, or that all the interactions he's had with his father, or whatever. But a good question by Bran to kind of make Theon think. He had plenty of opportunities in this episode. Theon did to right the ship, if you will, and turn back from what he's begun. Yeah. But he turns all those opportunities away. Well, and we get, you know, here in, in, in this, in kind of the, the following scene out in the courtyard where they, oh, they bring in Sir Roderick and Roderick is disrespectful to, you know, Prince Theon here. Rightfully so. And Dagmar is basically like, you can't let him spit in your face. You got to kill him. You have to kill him. And, I, you know, I was I was thinking here that like, Theon may have not gained as much respect by not killing Roderick, but I think he would have gained it by setting his own path. Oh, like you're not a leader by listening to what to to what Dagmer says to do. Like you, you are. He's so malleable because he's so desperate to like prove himself to these guys. Yeah, yeah, that he's just he he's just a real shit leader. Mm -hmm. He sucks at it and. If he was a real leader, and if he did actually have like any type of sense about him, he would establish his own way right here. 
I so be like, no, that's not so what we're so desperate you know what I mean? to fit in with them. They're like, well, that's not how we do it here. You're not a real great joy. So he's like, uh, okay, okay, fine. I'll do it how you do it. Right. One, one right. of the you know? weird things about this scene is how there's those interactions like the one that Barrett just described with Dagmar where Dagmar's like, you cannot let that stand. Uh, they'll never respect you if you let him live. It's... That conversation to us is seemingly taking place in front of all of these people who can, to what what it seems would be very easy to hear him. Sure, I don't think that's the case. No, I, I don't think, either. But well, that's part of what skewed it to me. Like I'm like, what? Are you fucking kidding me? You're just having this conversation openly with Dagmar about what the, what to do with him. You're letting mm-hmm. him influence you in front of all these people. Clearly, that wouldn't make you look like a leader either. Mm-hmm. Like it. I think Dagmar is trying to get him. The respect of the Iron Islanders more than anything. Oh, no, yeah, 1, yeah, he is. He it is. didn't even occur to me that he was trying to get the rest of them to respect him. Well, but him. he frames it up as yeah. you'll never get the respect of these people that you're now le- ruling over if you let this guy live. Like the rest of them will disrespect you That's too. It's so dumb because obviously they respect the Starks who don't conduct themselves that way at all. It's also so pretty, yeah, it's telling how many people. Right when Theon rolls in, like there's a random fat guy who eventually gets clubbed by one of the Iron Islanders because he won't stop talking. But he's like, he calls Theon like a piece of shit or something. Yeah, like, yeah. There, it, Theon was never smiled upon. I don't think right, by the co- by the regulars in Winterfell. Yeah, no, he was because he's a dick, tolerated. Yeah. So I mean, it just. Also, the whole, like, making them call him Prince Theon. Yeah. That happens, like, eight times. Mm -hmm. Like, he just, he's very, very, very annoying here. But, yeah, so the whole thing with Sir Roderick is brutal. Uh, You know, he's like, Sir Roderick, it grieves me we meet his foes. And Sir Roderick's response is, it grieves me you have less honor than a back alley whore. (laughs) (laughs) And then drop the back alley Sally there. Yeah, they should have oh, gone. Should have dropped gone back out. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's a perfect opportunity. Roderick misses it, <laughs> but he he basically forces Theon to kill him. He you got to give Roderick this. He goes out like a pretty badass mm-hmm. here. Theon, he very thick neck. Roderick, Ugh. one uh, or very weak arms on Theon. Pro- That's I what I felt like. It I was would kind say of it's implying. a combination of both. Yeah. <laughs> Because Roderick is a is a big He's guy. He's a thick yeah. dude. Yeah, yeah. Thick, multiple but yeah, C's. One swing of the sword does not get it done. And this is one of the more disgusting executions we ever see because like his head is off screen. Yeah. But the sound effects and the spraying of the blood and the repeated like wild hacks from Theon with the sword yeah. it's fucking gross. You you know what's happening here. And then when he, he has to use stomp foot. on the head oh, to actually head like fully mm-hmm. decapitate it. Yeah. It's pretty it's pretty brutal. Extremely well done. By who, whatever, whoever yeah. directed this one. Um, David Nutter. David Nutter. Shout out to David Th- Nutter. This was another scene of many in this season where I was like debating whether I was actually going to like, like maybe I'll, j- maybe I'll just skip ahead 10 seconds here. But yeah, I, I, do I have to watch this <laughs> again. I know what <laughs> happened. Gross. I did not, but yeah. One of the best opening, I mean, I'd say this is the best opening scene in the season so far. It really yeah. sets the tone. It's super intense. The music is incredible. It makes it all seem like extreme. Like, you really get the gravity of what this means for Theon, mm-hmm. his relationship with the Starks, and to the rest of the world. And just and that it's such a pivotal like moment for him. Like, there's no fucking going back right. now. You're this piece. No. Yeah, it's over for him. Like, it, And it really is. Now, it's, it's over for him now. Well, I was going to say, like, this is the end of the slide, but it's not. 
like he does one more thing that's even somehow worse. Oh yeah, like, yeah. yeah. I remember that, and I was like, okay, maybe it's not the end. But damn, he gets he sinks so low so quickly. Any other thoughts on Winterfell? The opening scene. No. Oh, Asha kind of begins to set herself up here. She kneels and asks to serve Theon, uh, and he's like, "What?" She asks him to put a, a spear in her hand or something, and he's like, "What do you think? I'm an idiot? So you can right. so you can stab me with it? No." Not gonna do that, um, and you're kind of like, "What's she doing?" But you get the feeling she's scheming she's up yeah. to mm-hmm. in some way. Right? Yeah. Not sure how though yet. North of the Wall, Jon Snow is with Corrin Halfhand now, and they're out. What What are they doing? They're scouting wildlings, or they're specifically trying to figure out what what's going down with uh, this th- massive force. Okay, I think that they are going to go try to kill Mance Raider. That is correct, yes, and it that was explained in the prior episode. Yes, that that's what they need to do. They need to think more like wildlings. Go in as this small party, sneak mm-hmm. in, kill Mance Raider, and scatter the wildlings right. to the wind. Yeah, right. you're right. Thank you for the reminder. So yeah, they're like an assassination party, basically. Yeah. Um, the one interesting thing here from this first time we see them north of the wall in this episode is that Ghost is on screen, and. They. This is back when I guess they, they realized that it was too expensive to have Ghost rolling with John all the time, mm-hmm. as he would be in the books and, like, logically would be in the story. But they were at least putting in the effort to explain that to us. Like Ghost just kind of walking off on his own, and John's like, "Ghost, stay with us, Ghost. What are you doing?" And Corin's like, "Oh, the wolves. They, you know, they're, like there's just conversation that takes yeah. place to explain." the reasoning for him not being on screen the whole time. Mm-hmm. And that was really interesting to me because if they would just make a little bit of effort to do that kind of thing in season seven, there'd be so much less complaining because it's like, where yeah. the hell are the direwolves, man? <laughs> I I really, yeah. Hopefully, I, I hate that it's too expensive because I would, it would, think I, how cool this show would be if they always had a wolf on their side. Like, shit. I don't buy the budgeting cool. shit anymore. Like, I get that in this season, like back in season two, maybe that was part of it, but come on, that cannot possibly be. But weren't be they it. just dogs back in this well, season? But okay, they're big so dogs. Next question. I, I want to know, like, does this whole egret scene happen in the book? And if so, where is Ghost then? Well, that's a good question. When they're like they're all running off to get, you know, they're all like chasing each other through the fucking. It probably doesn't. I don't remember glacier, but it probably doesn't go down in the exact same way. But there is a lot of in the book. It's just kind of the direwolves are much more paired up mm-hmm. with their people. So they're even if there's a scene where they're not like telling you exactly what Ghost is doing, you know he's there, right? Like right, right. chilling, basically. But so if. Ghost really doesn't le- is not supposed to actually like you know really stray that far from John. Shouldn't he be with them through this whole thing? I don't know. I'm, that's what I'm saying. Just I don't really remember up, how that all goes down. Warm. Yeah, he's the third spoon. <laughs> yeah. Uh, over in Harrenhal, Tywin is still like scheming at this table with his advisors or whatever. And yet again, there's another moron he has to call out, and I'm not really sure who it is. I'm sure he has a name. He, I, he's not important enough for me to look up, but he's some guy who can't read. He's illiterate, and uh, he, this illiterate idiot sent a letter that was meant to go to one of Tywin's bannermen, or someone loyal to Tywin and the Lannisters, and instead it went to someone who was loyal to the Starks. And Tywin's response to this, to me, was like super unrealistic. That's a mistake for which you would be killed. 
That is a big, big deal. He sends it to, like, his son's life is at risk here. I, yeah. I had the same feeling. Uh, like, what? This dude just blew, like, a like secret ops yeah. mission? Basically, he sent them details about you literally Taiwan sent yeah details about their you know battle plans or whatever. Yeah, no, dude, you would be executed for this shit. <laughs> to the wrong side. And all that happens is he gets like mildly scolded. It's not even that bad. Yeah, and then just is like, and then just gets out, gets off with the pass. He's like, just get, get out, out of this room. It's like if you ever put my son in danger again, <laughs> I will. Never mind, just leave. Really weird. <laughs> Uh, so everyone else, Tywin kicks everyone else out of the room and Littlefinger comes in. And obviously this is a big deal because Arya is working as Tywin's cupbearer. Mm-hmm. Arya and Littlefinger are very familiar with each other. I totally forgot about this scene. Yeah, it's pretty tense. So tense. Okay, so remind me where Littlefinger and Arya have interacted previously. Though. I think the assumption is that he'd be very familiar with her because of his relationship with Kat Winterfell, okay. King's Landing, wherever. Well, right, but what I'm saying is that are there ever any scenes one on one actually like see them like in the same room together prior to this? I'm sure there I are. Like, I don't where they're know the if they're room. like specifically in the scene. Definitely not having a conversation with each other. I don't think I've seen them. But talk. I feel like they've probably been. You know, her fan. I mean, like because you know we can think back. Like he knows what Sansa looks like. Oh yeah, but what about? I mean. Even when I, um, I don't know. Robert comes into Winterfell, isn't he like maybe there? I feel like he knows for sure who she is. I'm just saying, she I don't think she knows who he, he is. Yeah, but I don't think he's as familiar with her. Maybe not as familiar as he is with Sansa. Like there's scenes where him and Sansa sit next to each other at the at the tourney, right. and but the the assumption here, I guess, Arya is there at the tournament too. He would know what she looks like. Yeah, he would be familiar enough with Catelyn and her children. Okay, yeah, to yeah. be able to recognize her, to at least have an idea. Yeah, and maybe sure. maybe that's part of the reason he doesn't is that he's not as familiar with Arya, yeah. along with yeah. the fact that she's dressed like a boy and has her hair cut and whatnot. But yeah, so just to reiterate something here again, Tywin says he heard he tells Littlefinger he heard Renly was murdered by a woman. So it's still not clear across the Seven Kingdoms what what happened to Renly. And Littlefinger says that he's also heard dark forces may have been at play. And he Is seems he the first re- ones who have heard that? I don't know, but he seems really excited about that concept. He's he's like smiley fuck. and shit. He's like down with this dark forces may be at play. <laughs> um Yeah, I thought what I liked about this scene is um Baelish kind of gives a an early version of his chaos as a ladder speech. Yeah. And Tywin's like, yeah, duh. That's <laughs> not an original idea, you idiot. So now I want, we think we should make a t-shirt uh, that said that, well, I don't know how we would uh, depict opportunity in a drawing form. But he's like, but he's basically like, yeah, no shit. Crisis is an opportunity. Crisis creates opportunity. Right. Yeah, much of what, all of the beginning stuff that Baelish says, Tywin is just like, yes, no, that's very <laughs> obvious. Thank you for your wise counsel. But then eventually Littlefinger gets to an idea that Tywin is like, oh, okay, I'm down with this. And it's to utilize the Tyrells rather than punishing them for their treason. Now utilize them and their forces to defeat all their enemies and then punish them for treason at a later date. Yes, and although it does not work out exactly maybe as they thought, 
the Tyrells are punished and their yeah, entire house time. is wiped out. They no longer exist. They don't, yeah. They yeah. get, they essentially be, are the new Castamere's. Not so. not necessarily by the uh, Lannisters, per se, but, you well, yeah. You think they're wiped out by no. the Lannisters? I Never mind. Sure Cersei, Cersei is behind all of that. Yeah. And then Jamie poisons. And then Jamie yeah. poisons Olena, yeah. Oh, yeah, never mind. Wait, shit. Is the house that the Lannisters wiped out the Reigns? Is it the ha- House of Rain or is it the ha- House of Castamere? Castamere. Because the Reigns part is rain. Actual rain, right? I think the song Rain, there are, I think their little song, The Reigns of Castamere, is spelled R E I G N S, though. No, it's no, R A I N S. Is it? Yeah. Yeah. House, oh no, it's House Rain. Yeah, see, okay, yeah. Of, of Castamere. Yeah. But the song is The Reigns of Castamere, it's just double entendre. Like it's spelled right. rain, like the weather. Okay, okay. okay. But it's about House, House Rain, R E Y N E. Yeah, Castamere was the location. God, yeah. George R. R. Martin. Yeah. Brilliant man. What a dork. <laughs> what a dork. <laughs> All right, if you've got some extra Christmas cash, some holiday money from the grandparents, aunts, uncles, whatever, you know where to spend it. Go to manoutfitters.com. Use the code DRAGON to get 10% off your order. Spend 100 bucks and get free shipping. We've got all kinds of good stuff on Man Outfitters right now. Uh, and there's, uh, you know, you need to get yourself fitted up going into 2018. Looking good. Barrett, anything in particular on Man Outfitters that stands out to you at the moment? Oh, man. Um, there's so much good stuff. Just, you know, take that take that bank account that is loaded up with money from your family I hope I hope you didn't just get socks and undies, mm. um, unless they were socks and undies from Man Outfitters, in which case, congratulations. Because they're probably great. Um, but yeah, man, just get on there and scope some shit out and use code Dragon for ten percent off. Dragon. Yeah, ton of good. Uh, you know, obviously it's going to be cold for a couple more months minimum. We got great Patagonia beanies and hats and pullovers and quarter zips and better sweaters and if you need some new sunglasses schwood is a great brand t-shirts long sleeve tees great button downs for you know when you're trying to look a little more than just casual i guess they got some good button downs for when you want to get buttoned up oh boom boom, nailed it some boots there's boots and stuff dragon buy yourself some some nice elk gloves elk Uh, leather yes yeah keep those hands warm you need. I hear you need elk gloves if you're going to participate in Touching Base's infamous Elk Friday. Elk Friday. <laughs> <laughs> elk Friday. Yeah. If we True have any crossover grit, listeners. Ruka, tons of fleece options. Manoutfitters.com. Check it out. Use the code Dragon. Support Dragon. the podcast. We're going to take a break. Then we'll be back to continue running Dragon. through the old gods and the new. Sup, Clam Fam. This is producer Micah. Normally, you only hear my voice on the podcast when I say, Dragon. But now I'm here to bring you a very special message about our friends over at MyBookie.ag. Bowl season is here, and it's time to get in on the action at MyBookie. MyBookie is your hookup for all your betting needs. You can even deposit using Bitcoin. They have odds on every matchup, as well as live in-game betting on all this season's NFL and bowl games. Join now, and MyBookie will match your deposit with up to a 50% bonus. Just use promo code OCC, like oysters, clams, and cockles, to activate the offer. Again, that's promo code OCC. Visit mybookie.ag today because you play, you win, 
you get paid. Okay, back north of the wall. We're back, back north of the wall. John Snow and uh, Corin are doing this little. They find some. They find some some wildlings that are off doing whatever. I don't know what they're doing, but they they're wilding. They're wilding. Yeah, they're wilding out. <laughs> and uh, they have to attack them. And John Snow comes across this this ginger beauty. You get He sure does. And uh, first of all, they're obviously engaged in real life. I these know, two now they're getting married. John Snow and you get what a happy, what a happy scenario for them. And uh, just as a reminder, filming was delayed for a day so that all these cast and crew could attend their wedding. Is going to be delayed. It hasn't happened yet, but is that correct? And that is uh, correct. it's just just a reminder: you will get Game of Thrones one day later, so that these two can es- experience love and misery together. It just feels like they should have waited until after. They no, I respect done. the move. It's pretty badass. They better have a Game of Thrones themed wedding. They're definitely not. <laughs> yeah, that would be. Why really would they lame. do that? I don't know. Yeah. Okay. So obviously, John's like, okay, I'm gonna do it. I'll kill her. Don't worry about it. And he sure doesn't. He was never close to being able to pull this off. What? Why? Okay. Here's the ha- half hand is just like, okay, then we'll leave you to it. <laughs> he literally <laughs> says, "We'll leave him to it. Let's go, lads." Like. I don't know. It's what? <laughs> you barely know this guy. The only thing that could be passed off as is like a test. But even then, it's a little flimsy in its logic. Like, why would you... It's like in James Bond, how every time they capture James Bond, the villain is like... And they make fun of this in Austin Powers, right, right. but it's like, kill him in the most complicated, <laughs> easily escapable way possible. Like, yeah. you know, it makes no sense. You'd just shoot him in the head. Right. Uh, you would never just walk off and leave John to it. Yeah, no. You'd be like, all right, do it right now, man. We're going to watch <laughs> to make sure you get this done <laughs> yeah. because this is extremely important. And we don't know you, and this is your first range ever. I met you like 36 hours ago. Yeah. I've never seen you do anything. Ever. Ever. Yeah. <laughs> and you're a child, <laughs> yeah. and I'm a man with a half a hand. <laughs> no, you, w- you would a thousand percent never do this, and we're just going to you know, sweep that on under the rug. Yeah. Now, also, he- also, Egret... Lucky that she's cute because I'm pretty sure John could have just she killed was hideous, an, an ugly bitch. Yeah, I make a good point. That there's a lot of women at, at present getting away with shit because they're cute. Like Daenerys basically escaped death in the red waist because she was cute and because she had dragons, mm. but also because she was cute. Yeah, yeah. Like, it is an interesting concept. If John pulls that hood back and it's just this hideous wildling freak woman, definitely kills her. <laughs> she has no head. He's not. He's not saving that woman. And I don't know. John might not have been nah, able nah, to. No, he. Yeah, he'd kill her if she was ugly. I, dude, he a thousand percent would have killed her if she was ugly. And the same goes for Danny. If she rolls up to Karth, and the mother of dragons is this haggard old woman, they just kill her and take yep. the dragons. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The only reason she's alive is because she's hot. Yeah. Which I feel like this is a theme right now. It's a theme in. All of Everything. history of mankind, period. Yeah, being also hot just pace. life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's how it is. Yeah. You know? Get hot or die trying, as they say. <laughs> Over in King's Landing, uh, Marcella. Marcella? Marcella? Marcella. Marcella. Old Marcella for, uh, at that. She's. This is not the Marcella we later see. Different actress, I believe. She's shipped off to Dorne. And her brother, Old Tommen, 
cries. It's still old Tommen. Yes, I noted. I know. I noted that as well. He's crying like a baby, and Joffrey's not having it, which is weird because Joffrey's the whiniest little baby. <laughs> Such a. We've seen Joffrey cry many times. The very impo- Sansa yeah. points out the very important line from this scene though is Cersei to Tyrion, who she holds responsible for all of this shipping Marcella off to Dorne business. Is one day I pray you love someone. I pray you love her so much when you close your eyes, you see her face. I want that for you. I want you to know what it's like to love someone, to truly love someone before I take her from you. And Tyrion's reaction to that line is like, dude. Yeah, it's a cold line. (laughs) He's like, come on, man. Damn. Fuck. Very cold. She is, Cersei's starting to snap a little. Now, Cersei doesn't actually get to do this to him. Nope. No. But she tries to. She gets the wrong girl. Okay. Yeah. Is that how Roz dies? No. We 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 come up we, with a new reason for <laughs> Roz's death every every and people podcast. always call in and correct us. Yeah. Is that and not how she doesn't think that Roz the, is Tyrion's girl? The fucked up thing is you could totally convince me right now that that's how <laughs> Roz dies, but it's not. I literally think that it is. <laughs> oh my god! Please. Please don't call in and explain to us how Roz dies again and how it was how it's little finger after he finds out that she's spying for Varys. We know. Please <laughs> oh, yeah. stop. We this is just something's wrong with us, and for some reason we cut we kind of come up <laughs> keep trying to come up with other ways that Roz could die. But no, I don't know. This one sounds like this it's the does, right one. It does sound legit. <laughs> All right, so. On their way back to the Red Keep, this whole this whole party of royalty, you know, Cersei, Tyrion, Joffrey, Sansa, Tommen, they're all off wa- seeing Marcella off. They're off by the on the beach or whatever, you know, the Rock Beach, whatever it is they have in Kings aye, Landing. Aye. And then they have to go back to the Red Keep. So they're walking through the streets of Kings Landing because that's how you get back. There's not a limousine. There's not a caravan of mm-hmm. some kind. This is it. And of course they have guards with them and shit and members of the King's Guard and City Watch and whatnot, but still a large crowd has formed. Uh because I I assume it'd be like you know, if if you're if you were downtown and you find out that John Legend is at a bar around the corner mm-hmm. pe- and people start talking about it, a crowd's gonna form. Okay. I don't know yeah. why we're going with John Legend, but we are. I, yeah. And so these people are aware that all the royals are are coming through the city. And these people are starving. As we found out over past episodes, the situation in King's Landing has become out of control. Yeah. There are a shitload of people, refugees from the war. Yeah. There's not enough food. The crown isn't doing anything to help these people, so they're pissed. They become unruly, and they start, like, some people are yelling, like, we're starving, your grace, bread, your grace, whatever. Tyrion, like, very quickly realizes, this isn't good, like, this could explode. Right. And his first move is like, get Tommen the fuck out of here. Like they, so they sneak Tommen off through a side route before things explode. But it's just interesting that he doesn't do anything. He's not like save the king real quick. He's like, get Tommen the fuck out of here. Like, <laughs> yeah, you well, know, part of him is just like, God, maybe they'll kill Joffrey. Mm-hmm. Um, but so this, it slowly but surely, like Joffrey gets hit by a cow pie is yes. what it is. Yeah, which is poop. That it, yeah, cow oh, poop. Gross. Poop to the face, and he flips out mm. and yells like kill them all because he's a moron <laughs> and it quickly turns into an angry mob like there's one dude who was in the the royal party i don't know who he was portly man member of the government in some way oh he's a septon 
That was the Septon? Yeah. That gets his like arm ripped that off. That gets zombie killed. Dude, he gets zombie killed. That's yeah. it was a scene straight from The Walking yeah, Dead. See, like yeah. The, yeah. And the and the dude who rips his arm off like holds it up over his head <laughs> and he's like, Ah, I got his so arm. So gross. I yeah, can't yeah, watch yeah. that shit. I, I always have to kind of shield my eyes. You I don't want to see the arm? Pretty no, gnarly. I don't. Also, if it's the septon, pretty important scene because that leaves a hole for a new septon to be filled. I was yeah, mm. you don't want that guy to get killed. Interesting, interesting. Um. Anyway, yes, zombie killed. Perfect way to explain it. Sansa, in the midst of all this chaos, gets separated and eventually ends up down an alley where three men are attempting to and very cl- get extremely close to succeeding at r- raping her. It's ex- it's a brutal scene. This really. scene was brutal. Dude, like to watch. two guys holding her legs apart while God. the other one like gets ready. It it's bad, man. Like uh And it just rem- I feel like I didn't really understand bef- like before this scene the first time I watched it, I didn't even fully understand that that was a thing. What? That like that's how rape happened. I mean, like, as this, like, power play to, like, come in and, like, rape the women to prove a point. Like, I guess I knew, but I never thought about it. And seeing it, I was like, this is so fucked. What is fun for you about? Why are you doing this? Yeah. Why? Yeah. I I don't know. It's not my thing. Oh, God. It's brutal. Like, Taylor, like, flinched in bed when we were watching it. Because it's fucked up. Yeah. It's the way it goes so down. What well, I mean, I always think about like, like, God, it, it it's even tough to to ask a seventeen year old actress to play this too. No, I mean, you know what I mean. It, yeah. It's it's. I mean, I I get that they need to portray it realistically. Yeah, but, but it's brutal. It's yeah, brutal. Yeah, very dark. Um, fortunately, the hound comes in and saves her, and. The Huge way, save by the hounds. The way he kills these guys yeah. is so awesome. Just brutal and effortless. The uh, He's a machine. He's he a killing is. machine. He comes off as Terminator-ish yeah. in this <laughs> thing, man. Um, so, yeah, uh, so the reason the hound had to save her, Tyrion is back in the safety of the grounds of the whatever, the Red Keep, whatever, not the Red Keep necessarily, but they're inside the walls. And... He's trying to get Joffrey to save Sansa. Like, where is she? Tyrion, Joffrey. this is a this is an awesome Tyrion scene. Yes, him mm-hmm. screaming at Joffrey and like freaking out and like slapping the shit slapping out of him. the shit out of him and like just everything he yells is so good. It was really well written. It's really well done. Uh, great scene from Dinklage. The, the and now I've struck a king. Did yeah. my yeah. hand fall Did from my, my wrist? Fall. Yeah, is it's awesome. Is great. Just putting everything and just really laying it out on the line. This, I mean, it's just one more indictment of Joffrey here. Basically, how stupid about he how is. stupid he is. Like, you know, if you if, if she dies, your brother, Jamie's you're never fucked. seeing your uncle ever again. Like, Jamie's dead too. Like, this is all. This is because of a war that you started by chopping Ned Stark's head off when you didn't have to. Yes. And now you're gonna let her daughter die, and like everything's going to shit. When Tyrion but, says. You'll if she dies, you'll never get your brother Jamie back. You owe him quite your a uncle. bit, you know, or your uncle Jamie. Sorry. Um, what does he mean there? Is it is it because Tyrion knows that Jamie is likely his father, yeah. or does he specifically owe him? Like, has Jamie done things for Joffrey throughout his life? Like, what is that? Uh, I think that this is like a veiled reference to him being yeah, I think so his too. dad. Okay, what he owes him would be the fact that he's alive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. okay. But uh. 
but yeah, you get the the great line about how we've had idiots for kings and and what vicious, vicious men for kings, yeah. vicious men and idiot vicious? kings, but we've right. never had a vicious oh, or idiot. Vi- or, yeah, something like something, that. But yeah. we've never had a yeah vicious because he calls him. He says we've never had a vicious idiot. I think. I yeah. think it's yeah. 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 Yeah, and he. I mean, really sums it up there. What's interesting about well, we have that dude, the the guy who run one of the who's the guy who Tyrion tries to get to go out and save Sansa or find her. That's Janice Slint. Janice Slint, who is who's also like, just I a take orders from the king. Yeah, and doesn't do it. This, I, you know, it, over w- watching the seasons when you finally get to Janice's death, it's like it's satisfying for the like what you see like when we kind of learn his dark secret which is that he is a pedophile and an abusive one or, uh, an abu- yeah yeah just like this sicko uh but like re-watching these early seasons is going to make that so much more satisfying oh, because he is a he is up there on the piece of shit list oh yeah like, I'm, god he sucks the only reason he's not higher is because we're he's doesn't have as much screen time right like He's we, terrible. We get he's so many hints along the way about how shitty about he how is, shitty but then we find is. out in this one culminating scene where he also gets got, and it's incredible. Yeah. Um. Anything else from this mob scene with? Well, I would I would just say uh, that this is the beginning of Hound Redemption arc. Yeah. Very true. Absolutely. It's an interesting. Like he's still duty bound in everything he does at this point. Like, even when Tyrion says, like, well done, Clegane. And he's like, I didn't do it for you. (laughs) He's like, it's my fucking job. You know what I mean? Like, there's still this weird, like, he's doing all the things he does. see, I almost thought he said he was... Yeah, I took it... That he was doing it because he was a good person. Like, he did it for her. Oh. Yeah, I took took it that way, too. That makes sense. Like, I didn't do it because you told told somebody to go get it. Like, I did it because it was the right thing to do. do. Yeah. 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 That makes sense. And no, I totally agree with you that this is the beginning of like the Hound Redemption arc because he goes from being this basically just a stoolie. Yeah, yeah. It, it, but that's but that's the other thing that that it, this kind of makes me think of is that and and maybe we are a little biased now because we've seen we've seen, seen later. Ha- yeah. the Hound in later seasons and he's just like one of the best characters, you know, like yeah. he's like. He's, he's very so good. He's very gray. He's very like good and bad. He's incredible funny. lines. He's, he got great one-liners. Like still like this incredible killing machine, but very humorous got, too. Yeah, so he's he's just this this character Says that we the really word like. Kind. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the chickens. He loves eating chickens. Um, <laughs> but yeah. he doesn't. He doesn't really do anything all that bad in the first two seasons it's before a, this save. A lot of it's the implications. He yeah. kills the butcher's boy. He, he does, does yeah, things. He, has to run, yeah. he runs down the butcher's boy. He does things yeah. that let you know he's done a lot of bad things. Right. Yeah. Right. And right. it's just his character as a whole. You really get the sense like this dude's been down some dark paths. Yeah. 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 And I think there's more detail to that. I feel like in the books as well. Mm, probably. But it all comes out through his acting. Really. Yeah, it's yes. like he he does an incredible job. He of, does even, do an incredible job. Even us not seeing more. Right. You get the impression this yep. dude's done some shit. Yep. Uh, over in Karth. The Spice King that looks like Humpty Dumpty, who is the second wealthiest man in Karth, behind... God, I'm sick of Karth already. His voice sounds like... What's his face? Um, The dinosaur from Toy Story. What's that guy's name? (laughs) 
You know who I'm talking yeah, yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, What's his yes, name? Yes, it does. It does. He's the he's the teacher in Clueless. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What, what? is this guy's name? Um, uh, I believe you're looking for Rex. Is Rex, the name is, the Rex is the dinosaur's name. I meant the actor, but why do I want to say that that guy's name is Ed? I don't know. He uh, looks like an Ed. My my note for this scene is pleasantries. Ha ha. Wallace Shawn. That sounds right. Yeah, that sounds yeah, right. Yeah, that's him. Anyway, his voice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. His voice sounds just like that guy. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, that guy makes him uh, makes Danny wait on him for a long time, mm-hmm. and we find out it's because he had nightmares and he couldn't sleep, and so he had to wait till the birds were chirping and the sun was shining before he could even fall asleep, and so he slept in or, or whatever. I don't really know what. This guy's a weirdo. Yeah. Why does yeah. he have an entourage of of slaves? They all follow him down the stairs, and then they stand, and they wait for him to give his... <laughs> he's so dramatic. Mm-hmm. He, He's very smug. Look, y'all. This man has spices to move, okay? <laughs> this this is some important shit. He's got spices to move Salt, from port to port. Pepper. So get off his back. Paprika. <laughs> all kinds of spices. Yeah. He needs ships to do so. He got, got, he got he gots to have those ships. Uh... Random thing I never noticed before. Danny brings up Illyrio in this scene, the man who gave her the three mm-hmm. dragon eggs, and Humpty Dumpty is aware of him. A shrewd man, he calls him. But it's just interesting. We never see Illyrio again, as we discussed yeah. back when we were watching season one. It's just he was such an important, pivotal role that never comes back into play. Like he's just off sitting somewhere waiting to get his return mm-hmm. on this yeah. Danny investment. Uh, also, great line from from, Dan- from Daenerys here. I'm no ordinary woman. My dreams come true. Mm. And this whole thing, I mean, you, I'll say this for the Spice King. He has a point. Oh, he definitely has a point. And she's being kind of whiny for not understanding that. Well, and she's still, this is, you know, my note here is like, Daenerys is still super naive at this point. Yeah. yeah, like you don't have an army. Her, her, and her running down that whole because what she kind of spouts out is the whole thing that we that we talked about. I think from season one, but in relation to the later seasons, when she's like much more aware of this, like there are not people in Westeros Who sitting around right. cheering your name, waiting right. for your, you know, return. waiting for your return to, to to take your birthright. Right, like that's not how it goes. They don't give two shits. And eventually she learns that. Right, exactly. But here she still... Believes the people that. will rise up the pe- when right. their true leader comes. Like, no, they won't. No. And this guy knows that. Yep. He's a humble spice merchant. That's what... Uh, yeah, he's no, also the spice I don't, king. Like, I don't... The guy's a weirdo, but I don't fault him for not hooking her up. No, he sucks. But also, yes, you don't just you know, give some little girl with blonde hair and three dragons your ships for no reason. I especially, mean, I mean, not when spices is business. And business is good. Business is booming. <laughs> well, I mean, if she, I feel like if she legit was like, "This is my plan," he might have been like, "Okay." He gives. Her, she gives him nothing. She's like, "I'm just gonna go," you know, yeah. take it. Also, ah. weird thing about Karth. There's a Spice King. There's a Copper King. There's like a, a couple other ones that Daro Zarazoan Duxos mentions. They've got like a king for each mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. Realm of trade. Yeah. Copper? What? <laughs> anyway. 
Apparently, spices are the one you want to be in because I feel like it's just the president of each corporation. You know, right? It's yeah, not yeah. like that's just what they call. They them. just call it a king. They don't have yeah. the word president. Right. But the spice king is the second wealthiest man in Carth, behind a guy who's not wealthy at all. So he's actually the wealthiest man in Carth. Spices are the game. That's the lesson here. Yeah, we need to all get, get out of Bitcoin. Spices. Get into spices. Yeah, to pull out all of your Bitcoin money, we're going into spices. Yes. Yeah. What other spices are? Name some spices. Name a spice. Tarragon. Cumin. Those are those real things you yeah. just both yeah. of you said. <laughs> wow. Oregano. I'm aware of oregano. <laughs> that's that's one I'm familiar with. I'm not a co- I'm not a sh- I'm not a cooker. Cook. I'm not but a cook. You you na- you dropped paprika. I did. Yeah, cayenne pepper. Ah. Mm. Parsley. Parsley. Basil. Basil. Or an herb. That's more, yeah, true. So these are the things that fat guy moves. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Cinnamon's a spice. Oh, Cardamom. Sure. Oh sure. Nutmeg. Nutmeg. Cinnamon. All right, enough, enough. <laughs> you're very educated in the spice world. I get it. I'm re- I'm ready to go in. I'm ready Honestly, to go in on some Ross, spices. You're gonna be so poor when we <laughs> go into spices. This, this is not my forte. I clearly need to. I need to put in some work you're here get to get educated. Up. If we're gonna do this. If we're gonna get into the spice trade, then I gotta get my need, shit together. You need to do yeah. your part or get better at math. I hope you ask for. I hope you ask for a spice. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, you're that's useless gonna, right now. That's not gonna happen. I'm not gonna be the accountant. <laughs> I hope you ask for a spice dictionary for Christmas. <laughs> oh God! All right, which, in Heron Hall, which you which are, today, which, I hope you got. Yeah, one which this you got I hope you got a spice book for <laughs> Christmas. <laughs> I didn't. I'm gonna tell you right now that I I did not get that. In Heron Hall, Tywin informs Arya. Uh, this is so weird. This is bizarre. So he's telling, he's like asking Arya, like, who taught you to read? And then he gets into this story about how Jamie was off learning to read from the maesters at where, wherever, I assume, uh, Casterly Rock. I don't know. Maybe mm-hmm. King's Landing. Um, but Jamie kept reversing. He was reversing he's letters dyslexic. in his head. He's, he's d- He has dyslexia. He has dyslexia, yeah. yeah. Jamie. Lannister, first confirmed case of dyslexia ever. Yeah. Um, yep. Interesting that it feels like that would be a bigger deal. Like, why do we know that he's dyslexic well, and it doesn't matter? This is the crazy thing. Tywin actually finds the cure for dyslexia. Why would that matter, that he was dyslexic? Why do we care about that? That's what I'm saying. It just feels like, why are we? Why do we know this? Oh, If right, it doesn't... Yeah. He's not like this great reader. Right, yeah, no, because it's just an important part of this little scene yeah. here, I guess. Well, I don't t- know, it just feels very interesting. Like, oh, we still have that. Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah, the point is Tywin sat him down for four hours a day until he no longer struggled with it, like beat he the dyslexia s- out of him, <laughs> basically. He still struggled with it, but I mean, dyslexic people can yeah. read. Yep. But he learned. Oh, he learned. He got learned. Uh, Tywin asks what killed Arya's father. So Arya's like telling half-truths with everything she says. Mm-hmm. And... But her answer to that question is loyalty, Oof. which is interesting that she, even at her young age, even being as, I guess, uh, like, n- she knows enough and saw enough and has learned enough to know what it was that killed her dad. Mm. And it right. was loyalty. Loyalty to the wrong people, loyalty to the wrong things. And uh, just a great answer. Well, I loved, yeah. And I love Tywin's response to that. He's like, you're a sharp little thing, aren't you? Yeah. Because yeah. it's like, you've got this little... Dirty little cupbearer who's answering your question in a non-literal sense, right? Yeah. Like in a very like broad, uh, like, yeah. you know, yeah, yeah. at this point, indirect, witty a- answer. At this point, <laughs> Tywin almost might as well come out and be like, 
you're a fucking Stark. <laughs> I like, come on, bitch. I know, like, you know what I mean? She's like, she's reading. She's pulling books before he even describes which yeah, one. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's pretty wild. Um, but I like, y- you know, that I, I just noted that she wanted to say, you know, s- assassins, spies, they're born, they're not made. Because Arya's already good at this shit. She's she really, really is. Really good at it. I feel Stealing like that little letter off the table. Yep. The smartest. I mean, she's obviously really smart throughout the whole show, but this is more impressive to me because she's so little and not Untrained. nobody taught her how to right. be this right. way. Yeah. Now she does air. She needs to. You got to put that thing in your pocket. Oh yeah, that don't, was don't dumb. Don't run with that thing. What, in you your d- hand. what are you doing, girl? Yeah. Don't Why run you doing with that? scissors or, or you know, scrolls. Right. Exactly. Well, this is how good she is. I made a note that I was like, you almost get the feeling like she has some level of respect for Tywin in this scene. Oh, yeah. Uh, and maybe it's because, like, I started getting into the why of it, but then you find out it's just so she can steal that letter. She's trying to suck up to him, basically. I mean... I, I don't know. I think there is some level of respect. Maybe? I think they kind of like each other. I kind of like their little relationship. It's funny. He yeah. respects the, how smart she is, at least. But overall, she knows he's Bad. Yes. Yeah. And that she is using, even if she respects him as a leader in some ways and his management style, if you will, mm-hmm. she uses that opportunity to steal that letter. I mean, that's almost like how Sansa later, in many seasons later, says about um, Cersei when she's like, "This is what Cersei would do. This is what Cersei yeah. would do." And she's like, "You know, she had a lot of good ideas." The opportunity, so, you know? learning from these people yeah. is not totally. the worst idea. Yeah. Taking well, their good qualities. Yeah, yeah. and I mean, these, uh, the Tywin Arya scenes are really, really good. They're yeah. very nuanced. Like the acting is superb, and I think that I do think that it's purposeful. Like the kind of painting Tywin as a bit of an he's 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 kind of in that anti-hero. Right, yeah. mold here. You yeah. like him. Where we're like, we like, we kind of like him yeah. because he is, because he is so good at what he does. He does yeah. not treat this shit like a game. He's serious about it. He's smart. He's intelligent. He's surrounded like, by idiots. You know, but like it almost he, even seems in this scene like he's not evil. He's just on the evil side. You know, like himself. At least the way he's the way he is with Arya. I don't know. He seems like a a, a tough grandpa. Well, that's what makes him such a you complicated know? man because he's done like purely evil things. Oh yeah, right. Well, he's and done yeah, messed yeah. up shit. And, and then when she asks him about his own father, and he basically like you 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 get another peek into that because he's like, I loved my father. He was a great guy. I grew up with him. I, I watched him grow old, and then basically and was like, and then I shat on his grave because I didn't think he was ambitious enough. Right. You yeah. Know? Which is um, like uh, also interesting and important to remember that Tywin made the Lannisters what the Lannisters are right. today. It wasn't handed to him. Yeah, he's not the second generation of Lannister success no, or like something. They, like he made the Lannisters the Lannisters. Damn. No, Tywin. Damn, that's crazy. Damn, that's yeah. tight. <laughs> Tywin is cool. He's cool. He's uh. Yeah. He's a cool bad dude. guy, but he's my favorite bad guy. Yeah, he's a good bad guy. Yeah. Yeah. He's not as hateable to me as like Cersei. Or certainly Joffrey. He's really, at this point, not hateable at all. Right. He does like, he stops the pit of misery at Harrenhal, like yeah. shit like that. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, so yes, Arya steals this letter because she saw Rob's name on it. And she wants this information about her brother. And then she's like running through or walking through Harrenhal. And that dude from earlier who couldn't read stops her. And the reasoning for this, and it gives us the reason for that scene earlier. Mm-hmm. When this idiot's being 
crapped on by Tywin for not being able to read. Arya is grabbing a book without needing to be told which one it is. Tywin says, my cupbearer can read better than you. So this guy already doesn't like Arya. Yeah. Right. yeah. And stops her and is suspicious of her, investigates her, finds this letter, and uh, immediately goes to turn her in to Tywin. So Arya has to run off and find Jock and Agar and say her second name. And as we talked about last episode, this is the reason she right. ends up having to I waste totally, names. I right. totally forgot yeah. about yep. this. She got, yeah. And that was so smart of her. Like, oh, I yeah. can't go... D- Quick. I'm going to go, yeah, get him killed. Yeah. I'm allowed to. So she goes to Jockin and yells, Amory Mer- Lorch, which is this guy's name. Amory Lorch. Not why, I don't know why, how she knows that. Bad she just name. spent enough time in the yeah. room, I guess. Yeah. But yeah. And... Uh, Jockin says, a girl has named a second name. A man will do what must be done. And she's like, now! You have to go now. And he's like, a girl cannot tell a man when to do a thing. Like, he's like, what? Do you know? And this has to happen, like, in its own time. Yeah, but he's she, very put upon. But she convinces yeah. him. Yeah, no, finally he's just like, oh, okay, fine. He literally, like, rolls his eyes. He's like, oh, fuck, I'll go do it now. So we get this scene where Amory Lorch is walking into Tywin's chambers and... We, he opens the door and we think like, oh my God, he's about to, you know, expose Arya. And then he just drops dead. It was awesome. And he's got a freaking dart in his neck. It was pretty awesome. Yeah. And Tywin's response is just to yell guards. <laughs> which. Guards. Yeah. Guards. Another guy just dropped in my door. But yes. On to Rob's camp. Rob, we get this scene where he's like walking through, you know, the barracks, being a good leader, man of the people, this interacting thing, this with this. was so cheeseball. He's like walking up to guys and like he like putting his hand on their shoulder and just staring at him for a second. And they're like, can I, can I help you? And then he just walks off smiling. Yes. It's like the awkward like, oh, come on. Well, I thought, okay, for, the, the, right before he comes up to Talisa, he like stops with this one guy and like, Picks, picks up, up his, his helmet, helmet, looks at it, and he's like, ah, yes, what a good helm. And, and like hands, hands it, it to him. him. <laughs> <laughs> like, That's the best part. <laughs> Go back and watch this. Yeah. <laughs> he walks up to a guy, <laughs> picks up his helmet, <laughs> looks at it and smiles, and hands it to the guy. And the guy's like, can I help, can I help you, my lord? <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, your reaction would be like, what? Well, I'm just like, all, all I could picture was, you know, the... The director telling Rob what to, or telling the actor, you know, the actor that plays Rob what to do. And he's like, yeah, 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 walk through camp like like you're the shit. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. He's like, no, pick up some stuff. Do, do some things. <laughs> <laughs> and so he's just like picking up random stuff and like acting like this hot shot. It was just really. It's a funny scene. Yeah. It kind of reminds me of how I always, in, you know, like my I always envisioned my th- theme song being uh, Nick Cannon, Gigolo. And I was like. <laughs> Walk down the hallways, just like smiling at everybody and like doing the point fingers, right? While that song plays, yeah. yeah and, that, and this was back yeah. in the halls of high school, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> oh God. Okay. Well, then he comes across Lady Talisa, and he's obviously very taken by her. Still, whatever. He's like about to ask her on a date when Catelyn Stark returns from wherever she's been, all over. She was in the what were they called? The Something Lands. Checking out Rinley and Stannis. Stormlands. The Stormlands. Stormlands. And uh, now she's back, and she like kind of cock blocks here. Like he's about to ask Lady Talisa on this date or to dinner or something. Mm-hmm. And then his mom rolls up, and she's all. Cat can tell that Rob is into her. Oh yeah, into Talisa, and she's like happy about it, 
like smiley she's like oh my son he's like growing up he's mm-hmm. his leader now he's yeah he's into this chick <laughs> you know that's tight but then she reminds him like you know you you can't actually do what you want which is weird she says you can't follow your heart you, i wish you could but you can't you're promised to somebody else a debt must be paid she's very clear in reminding rob his obligation to yeah so this is the only part that feels a little you know, unreal. Isn't that a thing they did all the time? Like you just marry who you have to marry and you have your little side girlfriend. Well, that's, that is, a, yes, that is what? exactly my note. Why don't you just take this chick as your mistress like a normal person? Yeah. Yeah. What the hell? This whole thing could have been avoided fairly easily. Especially like if you're a mistress to a lord or a king, I feel like your life's still pretty dope. Does, like does they take care of you. Talisa strike you as the type of woman who would be totally cool with just being your mistress? No, yeah. but no, but no. I feel like if it's you're like just, this you, is a sham marriage, you're my yeah. you're my secret wife in my heart. Exactly. You, know? you just do the thing it's where you're like, I love you, not her. Yeah, I I'm feel totally like gonna leave her one day. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't get complicated. I just feel <laughs> that always like works that would have been. That's what he should have done. Yeah. And like, if it's the king, you, you, she's maybe not cool being the mistress to just anybody but if it's the king i okay. feel like you gotta be like all right fine i get you have to do this thing no comment <laughs> okay oh we find out her last name is meg Miger. 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 king of the north ah the <laughs> king of the north <laughs> and uh oh the end of this part bruce bolton brings news from winterfell skinny to Robin bruce bolton Kat. he's still very skinny i don't remember him getting fat or bigger out in the field does he get thicker? I think he gets a little fatter. With yeah. two C's? Yeah. Two C's. Back north of the wall, John and Ygritte have an incredible scene together where they have to spoon mm-hmm. in order to survive the night. And Ygritte, their, their, their chemistry between these two act, these actors is, in, is pretty electric. It's almost as if it's real. It's almost real, you know? It's so almost as if they really like each other. They probably banged the first night they met. You got to give Ygritte <laughs> some serious credit. He, they probably did. One day on set, back in the trailer. Just, well, Not dude, the after this day. scene, look, no she's way. she's bundled up in like 15 wildling layers of mm-hmm. fur, and yeah. you can still see her winding, like grinding on mm-hmm. him while they're laying there. That's yeah. impressive. Yeah. Good good hip movement <laughs> from Ygritte. Good for her. Uh, so the whole scene is hilarious. Like, John's like, stop moving. She's like, I'm just trying to get comfortable. It's like Such s- cute banter in this episode. Stop it. With Rob and Talisa and John and Ygritte. You're still moving. <laughs> and she's like, was I? Was I? <laughs> uh, it's awesome. What a little seductress. Little oh, sass man. Master. Yeah, she could get it. And she does. She does. Also, also shouts to the side sleepers out there. I'm a side sleeper on my Lisa mattress. I... Am I a side sleeper? I'm... Yeah. I do. I am. I do all... All of the, I switch. Never a back guy. I'm uh, yeah. Never a back guy. Never. That leaves you exposed to heart stabbing. <laughs> I don't know why, but it feels like you're it, exposed. You're very exposed. I do not like it. And if I do fall asleep on my back, I end up with uh, terrifying nightmares. Really? Really? Yeah. Like Shit, uh, that is some... and, and and occasionally uh, sleep paralysis. What? Sleep paralysis is the worst. So oh, I haven't had that in like 20 years. That only happens if I fall asleep on my back. I've only really? had it when I was like a kid, mm-hmm. and I remember very specifically how terrifying it was. Mm-hmm. I actually think I have ha- only had it on my back, too. Yeah. It's like something about the... I think it's about like the, the vulnerability of you like being on your back like that. 
It is so terrible. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you something, Barrett. It, sleep, you know. <laughs> <laughs> does it not happen anymore? No, it, it does not happen anymore. Why is that? Because I'm sleeping on a luxurious Lisa mattress every oh, night. Oh, shit. It cures sleep paralysis. Did you know you can sleep You can sleep any way you, that you want to on a Lisa mattress? Any way. On your side? On your stomach? I, now, sleep on your back at your own risk like we've just talked about, <laughs> but you can. <laughs> if that's your bag, at the, I'll, so I'll, I'll give you this. At the very least, if you fall asleep on your back and you go into sleep paralysis, at least you'll be the most comfortable you've ever been <laughs> in your life. You won't want to get while up anyway. in sleep paralysis. Yes. Yeah, yeah, you don't want to. Yeah, exactly. Go to lisa.com slash dragon, l e e s a dot com slash dragon to get a hundred dollars off your Lisa mattress. Barrett, Veronica, and I all get to sleep on these now every night, which it's an honor and a it's privilege. It's a true pleasure. Yeah. It is a delight, a joy. Lisa is an innovative direct-to-consumer online mattress brand. If you're not familiar with them, they're also socially conscious. They donate one mattress to a shelter for every 10 they sell, which is cool. They plant a tree for every mattress sold and donate 1% of all their employees' time to volunteer for local causes. They're 100% American-made. They ship compressed in a box straight to your door. Super easy. You shop online at lisa.com slash dragon. L-E-E-S-A dot com slash dragon. Dragon. Get that $100 off. It shows up in your door. You unbox it. Put it on your box spring. Boom. You have a new bed. It is incredible. Uh, they've also got pillows now and blankets, both of which are great. Super comfy. Check out lisa.com slash dragon. Dragon. Okie dokie. So, in, uh, in, back at Rob's camp. Bruce Bolton has just informed them of the situation in Winterfell. And Rob is rightfully upset. Very pissed off about Theon. They they find out Roderick is dead. Catelyn is like, I told you to never trust a Greyjoy. There's a ton of anger in this room. And Rob is like, his natural reaction is to go back north and take back mm-hmm. Winterfell. Which I realize that that's how I would react to likely how I would react as well. But think about the semantics of this thing. That would be him taking an entire army to go fight like 12 guys. It would mm-hmm. take maybe two and a half minutes. And then they'd be like, well, that was six months of work lost yep. for this five second fight. You know what I mean? Yeah, Obviously yeah. Bruce Bolton is like, that would be idiotic. Theon is holding the castle with a skeleton crew let me send word to my bastard at the Dreadfort. He can raise a few hundred men and retake Winterfell before the new moon. And as we know, that bastard that he references yes. is one Ramsay Bolton. Is the one worst Bolton. person in Westeros, I think. So, okay. so Tell this me this is, didn't excite you. It is very exciting. This is all because we're actually, now I'm getting to rewatch for the first time with knowledge of what happens. And why? The Red Wedding. Yeah. And how it all kind of unfolds. And it's super interesting. And it leads me to this question right now. Where, like, now I'm trying to figure out where in the timeline the betrayal is decided upon. Because for Ruse Bolton has not happened yet. I don't think so. No. Well, because you need, because they need the phrase involved in this. And I don't think that Rob has not, Rob has not, uh, backed out of of the promise yet, right. right? That and what happens is Tywin is the one who hatches this plan and convinces Ruse Bolton to orchestrate for him 
with the phrase. So Ruse gets brought into that betrayal by Tywin. And his, well, everybody he, gets brought into it by well, Tywin. Right? right, but I'm saying he gets, like, he, 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 there's something promised to him if he takes part in it, and that hasn't happened yet. Like, none of that has gone down. But yeah, also he hasn't betrayed, Rob hasn't betrayed his promise to Frey yet. Which is what opens the door right. for all of this, basically. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what one thing uh, also and I'm I'm I was sitting sitting here like thinking about like just all the moving pieces of how it all unfolds. It's just it's so interesting because like so many times along the line now, we've been able to be like, "Oh man, Bran really blew it. This is ha- this is where they lose Winterfell. Oh, this is where li- Yeah. Right. It's so intricate and complicated and George R. R. Martin's plot was like just so perfectly executed mm-hmm. like where there is you can't blame anybody because everybody is to blame. Everybody right. messed up. Like ev- <laughs> like everybody made the exact wrong, like just, you know, right. like for every time, decision. For every time that you could be like, all of this is Ned Stark's fault. Well, there were also 60 other mistakes made by other exactly. people along the way that could yes. have prevented all this. Like it's so, I mean, the dominoes that he sets up yeah. to fall based off of, you know, I, I, who, God, who can even remember what the first exact first thing was anymore? It probably was Ned, the first <laughs> thing. But there's so many things. Along I mean, there's the way. so many things to point to. It's just really, really incredible. Some of them easier than others to have avoided, like Rob's thing we just discussed. It's like, well, dude, like you know the rules, and this is a big, 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 big no-no back then. It yeah. seems like, yeah, this is a huge one. It he seems should... obvious to us. Like, well, yeah, of course you're gonna go with the smoking hot chick that you actually love. Like, right. duh. But back yeah. in the day, like this is not something you did, no, man. No, if you no. promised to somebody, it's over. Yep. And I feel like marriage wasn't even about love that much. It was contracts. A lot of it was totally for for noble people, for royals or whatever. Yeah, absolutely. No. So I feel like he should have grown up. Which is why they all had mistresses. Exactly. That's why they all have like side pieces. It was much more business than it was pleasure. Yeah. And then you just did what you had to do on the side. But yes, Uh, over in Winterfell, Asha talks or uh, talks Theon into boning. She like, dude, this guy's so easy. To, so easy. to manipulate with sex. Seriously. It's unbelievable. She like drops part of a robe, gets a couple nips in. Oh, she's pretty hot, by the way. Yeah, you know what's funny that he even said that? He's like, I've been wondering what was under there. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, you really were not expecting that to be under there. With no, this no. giant, she's all hunched over most right, of the right. time. And then, yeah. like, surprise. It's like in the rom-com when she takes her glasses <laughs> off. You're like, whoa, whoa Like, lets her hair down. Shit. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, I thought I actually I didn't even make this connection until like the uh, hours after I had watched the episode, but this is kind of mirrored. It, this this is pointing to uh, this is super easy for Osha to do to Theon. It does not work so well when she attempts this with Ramsay Bolton. I did think of that exact thing. Yes. He's like, yeah, I don't give a fuck. Yeah. Well, he knows exactly what she's doing and ki- like kills her as a result. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a it, it is a little bit different because Ramsey. Sure, sure. Is, but it's the same she move. She it's the same know. move, but a lot more at stake that's, for Ramsey. Yeah, like that the, just she shows probably how wants to to kill Ramsey. Smart, actually, Ramsey is too. She's probably been pulling this move her whole life. It mm-hmm, seems like, mm-hmm. and it's always worked. Right, and then it. I mean, yeah, she literally pulls it, it five minutes later. Yeah. She pulls right, it right, right here. <laughs> She's like, we know things, the free people. Savage things. Yeah. Which I got to say, savage. good, great line. Great line. And Theon's like, well, I got to find this shit out. Yeah. I got to find out what these savage <laughs> things are. 
Never had a wildling woman before. Mm. Uh, promptly puts his ass to sleep. So she clearly does know things. Mm-hmm. He's like out like a rock. Broke that dick off. And then, and then, uh, <laughs> and then, as we said, she uses the same move. A guard is like, "Hey, where are you going?" And she's like, "Want to make out?" <laughs> and he's like, "Yeah, fuck it." And then she cuts his throat. Yeah. So we find out the whole deal here. She's Asha has been plotting since the beginning of the episode to sneak the boys out. She gets Rick on and Bran and gets them out of Winterfell and the doggies too with the direwolves uh, and Hod- and Hodor's help. Mm-hmm. Then we go back to King's Landing where Shay is cleaning up Sansa post rape attempt. Just real quick though, back back. Yeah, yeah. Also, poor poor job by Theon. You should probably, you know, make sure that your two biggest chips in Winterfell are secure. He's terrible at his job. Yeah. Like why how, why are they just I like mean, are they just chilling like, in their he's own beds? He's like a kid. He's like 16. Yeah, or I mean, something. right. He obviously he's sucks. He idiot. obviously sucks at this, but yeah. he gets really angry with some people at the beginning of next episode okay. for blowing this. Yeah. But yes, you would think they'd be like chained to my legs right. if it was me, or but put again, in the cells or whatever. I'm not an idiot. Uh, like now maybe th- and maybe this is just like maybe this is part of Theon like not being able to fully commit to taking these right you know maybe maybe in king's landing shay cleans up sansa after sansa's whole ordeal and it's weird because like sansa has really warmed to shay already Mm -hmm. real quick because i feel like this is the only kindness she's being shown at all so she's like all right yeah no absolutely it's just weird that she didn't see that from the get-go like dude you want to be friends with your handmaiden I mean, I guess it makes sense that this is somebody assigned to her, probably by the Lannisters, why she's a little skeptical, but... That's fair. If somebody's nice to her, she's like, thank God. Yeah. Uh, Well, Shay gives us, like, this... This line that the only reason I wanted to even bring it up is because I was trying to figure out like oh it's a no it's a big line no it's a big one she says don't trust anybody life is safer that way yeah yeah so what did you take away from that so Tywin is not in King's Landing right so I don't think that she's she she I don't think she started that relationship with Tywin yet no no. But the look that she gives while she says this line does feel very like she's looking inward. That That's exactly like, how I felt. Like, like, I'm not trustworthy. Like, I'm not trustworthy. Yeah. yeah. Yes. And it's almost like this is the pulling back of the curtain on Shay to let you know that this isn't all legit with, with, Tyr- yeah, right. with Tyrion. Right. That she's it's so not all love and roses. And yep. sad That she's me. very much playing the game. Yep. And it like like you said, looking inward, not trustworthy herself. Even that she doesn't trust anybody else. That right. she's the only people that she lets in. She's using. Yep. I did not get this the first time around. Nope. Neither at did I. all. I absolutely thought she was like, I've been hurt. I don't trust right. anyone. Yeah. But it's much deeper than no, that. No, yeah. she's like, you can't trust me. Yeah, and the more that we have talked about it and and gone back into scenes like this, the the less inclined I am to cut Shay any sliver of a doubt yeah. or a sliver of hope that maybe she was real with Tyrion at any point. I think it's it was so all sad bullshit. because he yeah. totally thought it was. Yeah. God. Yeah. So did oh, I. Tyrion. Sad for me. You I know? did too. I did too. Yeah. Over in Karth. Okay. Did you not 
watching this scene in Karth, this closing scene of the episode, notice again that Zara, Zoe, and Doc oh, Sauce says I like six more times. I come from nothing. I come from nothing. Yeah. I started with nothing. I was born with nothing. I had nothing. I come from nothing. I slept by the docks. I'm now the richest man in Karth. Dude, it is insane over the course of his several episodes he has how many times he says this shit damn i really th- I, I noticed it this i noticed it a little last oh my time God. but this time i they're just washing over it. me for some they, reason the writers for whatever reason with zaro were just like nah we'll just let him say the same fucking thing every well, time he's on uh, screen they must be hammering they must be trying to like alert you to the fact that he actually has nothing right but that doesn't work it doesn't. We don't know. You get no clue that he has nothing until you find out. Mm. Like, there's not. That's not an indicator. You're not like maybe this guy's not all that he seems mm. based on the fact that he keeps repeating that he came from nothing. Because everyone around him, everyone else in Karth, is fooled by his act as well. Like, mm-hmm. you're never given any indication that perhaps he's lying, other than that he has this trash line he says over and over. And he, I don't know. It just bugs the fuck out of me. So, in case you didn't know. Zaro, Zoe, and Doxos came from nothing. <laughs> uh, he has this line. He says, I have done many things, Khaleesi, that a righteous man would condemn. And here I am with no regrets. And right then is when they open the door or the gate into Danny's area that she's staying in. And all of her, all these slaves or servants are dead on the ground. These were, these are mostly Karth ser- people. Sl- yeah. Right. Not yeah, yeah. her. Can't. No, I don't think so. No. Except for oh, I, I did the tell. kill the Dothraki chick. Yes. Yeah, like one of her right hand chicks. Yeah. The one who's not betraying her. Right. Uh, spoiler alert is dead on the ground. Oh, does Dorea betray her? Shit. Yeah. Oh, I forgot about Dorea's that. Dorea's a bad girl. Dang. So, and I think it ends up being kind of the result of what we talked about last episode that Danny tries to like whore her out, kind of. Mm. Like men are happy when they're. Or men like to talk when they're mm-hmm. happy. And she takes like offense to that. I was like, well, fuck this girl. Yeah. Anyway. So her dragons are gone. When Danny gets up to her chambers, her dragons are gone. Her One of her handmaidens is dead on the ground. Uh, very clearly what happened here is somebody busted in to, with the intention of stealing these dragons. Yep. And then we get the great Danny line where she's just screaming like, where are my dragons? <laughs> and then the episode ends with us seeing this hooded figure... Walking with the dragons in a box on his back up to a tower. Yes. And the dragons screech, and the episode ends, and the credits roll. And I remember, like, it bugged me so bad wanting to know who was behind that, Mm. under that hood. Yeah. And I thought it was like Jorah for some reason. Really? Yeah. It's obviously it's not. I mean, we find out who it is very quickly, but. Oh man, it killed me. The it, this whole episode was so freaking good. This it's was a great episode. Such a good yeah. episode. And yeah. I, I, you know, like I, like I told you guys right before we 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 uh, we got on air, I, I didn't feel like there was a lot to say about last episode. There wasn't like a ton of insight to take. Right. I, right. I mean, it was pretty. It was just kind of a mover. Yep. Yeah. But this one, there was like there was so much to kind of look back on. So much to tie to current day. Heavy implications all over the place. There was actually, there was one, there was one piece that we that we kind of uh, that I wanted to go back to, when uh, John bef- is walking with Corin and the the ranging team before they come up on the uh, wilding encampment. Uh, Corin basically tells John, he's like, "You're gonna give your life." 
for some Southerners that won't even know, won't your, even name. know your name. Like blah blah blah. Anyway, I'm kind. Of, I was kind of wondering if 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 those words would come back to resonate later. Like, is this like a what I was actually thinking is like, oh, is this early indication that John will eventually have to sacrifice himself? And then I remembered, oh, John does sacrifice himself. <laughs> right. Uh, and he actually gives his life for the Northerners, not the Southerners. He gives his, he basically loses his life helping out the wildlings. Yeah. It's a good point. Um, yeah. Anyway, if you go back and watch that scene, I feel like there's kind of a lot to unpack with everything that Half Hand is saying to him. There is. And, it's unfortunate that we don't get like uh, there's Corin is a big character in the books like yes. for multiple chapters and and it you get a lot more of him from the books than you do in the show just because there's not enough time right but I think they do as good of a job as they can in the show of kind of showing his impact on John and right. with that conversation is a great example of one of the times when he's really unloading you know some wisdom onto this kid who he probably can already see the potential in mm. um and it it. What happens between John and Corin is so heavy. Even in the show, yeah, where yeah. you don't get as much of Corin, it, it is so heavy. It's just, that that whole relationship is really cool. Mm-hmm. So that's it. Uh, what was the name of this one? The Old Gods and the New, yeah. and nobody knows why. We have no idea why. If you know why, please tell us. We'll be back, not next Monday. The following Monday. But the Monday after that. <laughs> That's right. Taking a week off from show watching so you can take a week off with us. We're going to have a little something special that comes out instead. But uh, when we do come back, we'll be watching A Man Without Honor, the seventh episode of season two, written by Benioff and Weiss and directed by David Nutter. So get ready for that. Follow us on Instagram at Oysters, Clams, Cockles, on Twitter at Clams and Cockles. Like us on Facebook.com slash Oysters, Clams, Cockles. The hotline number is 866 866- Four three clams, eight six six four three clams. Call it with clam fam corrections, questions, theories, whatever. Uh, many thanks to everybody who's gone on iTunes and left us a rating and a review. If you have not done that already, please do. The only way to get that nice rewatch T-shirt is if we get to a thousand reviews, people. And we're moving, but we need more, many more. Go on iTunes, leave us a review. Write about. The Cashmanis <laughs> and uh, what's his name? Will Wilmer Valderrama. <laughs> That's a terrible name. <laughs> That's awful. Go to grandxshop.com slash OCC for shirts, Game of Thrones themed shirts, oysters, clams, and cockles shirts. Rep the clam fam out in public. Uh, you can also support this podcast by checking out lisa.com slash dragon. Grab yourself a new mattress. If you're not in the market for a new mattress at the moment, get yourself a pillow. They're fantastic. Get yourself a blanket. They're great, too. Use that code DRAGON. Get 10% off. Uh, also, check out manoutfitters.com. Use the code DRAGON there as well. You should really just be typing DRAGON in any time you make a purchase Pretty on Pretty much, just to point. double check. Yeah, just to be sure. DRAGON. Thank you. Uh, subscribe to Grand X Labs and check out the Ross Bolin podcast. Doing another episode of that later today, which when you're listening to this, will have been like a week ago. <laughs> so check out all the Ross Bolin podcasts that are available on Grand X Labs and look forward to effing around. Subscribe, Grand X Labs. We will be back. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. We buried it, 2017. Hopefully, let's crush 2018 now. Eh? 
Yeah, let, yeah, let's do that. Go clam fam. Go clam fam.